0: The latest on the world game, this is 442 Insider.
1: Hello, and welcome to the 442 Insider podcast, where we take you behind the scenes at Australia's top football publication. This week, we've been putting in more hours than Harry Redknapp's bank manager on transfer deadline day, covering news on the Socceroos, Hyundai A League, and international football. I'm Paul Hansford, and this week, I'm joined by a full complement of podders publisher Andy Jackson. Hello. Deputy editor Trevor Trahani. Hello. And uh, web guru Kevin Ayres. Kumanaha whatever that means. Anyway, straight on, uh, before we start doing it in a completely other language, we're going to look at um, round four of the A-League. The weekend just passed and uh, some good games there, lads. The first one, Adelaide against North Queensland. Three all draw. Lots yeah, of goals.
2: It's probably the pick of the bunch. Obviously, uh, notable for North Queensland getting their first point, although they're very nearly... Um, Slash defeat from the jaws of victory. Uh, really should have lost. Uh, um, Cristiano should have scored a free header inside the um, six-yard box, but it probably wouldn't have been justice for North Queensland. I thought they played pretty well to um, to, to get back in the game, go in front, um, having gone up, went behind. But um, but yeah, I thought um, the defending on show from both sides was pretty uh, was pretty amateur, but made for an entertaining game. So I was quite yeah. happy with that.
3: Yeah, the teams this year are kind of turning their uh, previous form upside down, aren't they? I mean, Adelaide United used to be so rock-solid in defence. Suddenly the ship goes left, right and centre. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting.
2: I'm losing a lot of money at the moment. <laughs> On, on the punting on the A-League it's yeah. very difficult to my,
4: my dream team is rubbish because I've got all the Adelaide defenders in there and yeah I went that lot. route as well that was a big, mm. big mistake Absolutely. Uh, yeah I mean you know like Kevversan Adelaide sort of you know based all their play on their defence I mean they only conceded 19 goals in 21 rounds last season and they're now conceding 3 at home to North Quint and Fury I mean I don't think they're going to score, you know, masses of goals. So they need to tighten up at the back. They lost Sasha Okonofsky and they tried to replace him with Ian Fife, It's not going to work, is it? Mm.
5: Um,
4: So unless they find a way to, to sort that out. But I mean, Lisa Fury showed a bit of character like they did in the Sydney game round one. They, you know, they haven't got the players that a lot of other teams have so if, if they have that sort of bit of character that might um, get them over the line and Adelaide have got a few players missing as well mm. um, which is something they didn't have last season which is just as well because they played the maximum amount of games they could have done last season um, and I don't think they've got the squad, the squad depth or the um, squad
2: really to, and uh, to handle that I saw a special mention as well for Awusu's goal celebration which was part robot, part flash Dad. <laughs> it was wicked. It's it's it? <laughs> it was wasn't it? He just great. needed to pull his socks down
1: and get the old leg warmer look. And then <laughs> he would have gone <laughs> all right. Oh, it's great. And Hopefully
2: scores every week.
1: Then moving on uh, to the next game was Perth Glory against Melbourne Victory. Uh, pretty good win for Perth there.
3: Yeah, it's good to see them uh, finally really doing the whole gelling thing. the much talked about Perth Glory gel. Um... But yeah, they're they're becoming a dominant force now, hopefully, and, you know, it's going to pay off this investment that they've been making in uh, the side this year. Uh, And Melbourne Victory is still looking a bit stale. Mm. They've, you know, everybody else has really lifted their games. Melbourne Victory has gone for stability and not necessarily the best thing this season, it would appear. And Branko Jelic was, you know, not a lot of people knew a lot about him before he
1: came, but he had a good rep and not, not the most aesthetically pleasing goals, but he was in the right place at the right time for, for both of them, wasn't
2: he? Yeah, no, I thought, he, I thought he, he's done well. Um, the disappointing thing there for me was the crowd. Uh, a week after their first win at home, with a thousand less people there against the defending champions. I don't know.
3: I still think, uh, I think people are sort of focusing too much on the crowds at the moment. Uh, I mean, I think Brisbane Roar, we're going to talk about shortly, mm. that was a serious concern. That that's really something to worry about. But the rest of them, I, I think, are pretty much as good as you can expect considering time of year, competition they're facing, all the rest of it.
2: Mm. I think what it's showing is, is, yeah, with the as we talk about the Gold Coast game as well, is that you know. I think it's going to be really tight. I think you're going to have probably six or eight teams challenging right up to the end because everyone's showing they're capable of beating everybody else. You know, and, and then you throw in the odd surprise result like North Queensland going away and scoring three goals, and that's always going to shake things up as well. So I think it's boding well for the league, because I think it's going to go right to the one.
4: Perth look a different team at home, and home form's going to, going to be the key for them. And going to the finals, if, if they can... I'm not quite sure how the six teams works, how they play each other off yet. But, you know, if they get a home draw,
1: I think they can go, you know, all the way, potentially. Yeah. And and if we had to pick one particular reason why Melbourne aren't bedding in, you mentioned the fact that they've really just con- kind of gone for the consistency element rather than bringing in any new faces. Is there anything else that you, we can really put our finger on or are they just facing that kind of hangover from a championship season that... No,
3: they had the quieter pre-season as well uh, it was a 50-50 split people went for really busy uh, pre seasons some teams opted to go for the quieter one mm. they went for the quieter one but you know we're four rounds into the, the competition uh, that really should still be a hangover effect I would have thought um,
2: I think as well if you look at teams like Perth that's a significantly improved Perth team Against a very very similar Melbourne team, and I think it's a it's a mark of the fact that, that the other teams have significantly improved with their uh, with their recruitment mid-season, and, and Melbourne have chosen not to. Hmm. So.
1: Moving on to the next game, I wonder if any of you guys actually stayed awake after the 12th minute. Uh, Brisbane roar against Central Coast Mariners an early goal from Craig Moore, and nothing else. <laughs> None I've got to about.
2: say I. Clearly, like many people in Brisbane, missed this game.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say, I watched the last 10 minutes of it in Bondi Junction Westfield in front of the Foxtel stand. Uh, that's 10 minutes more than me, so this is going to
4: a good match of boys, isn't it?
2: <laughs> but I, mean, I would like... I think the crowds are worth talking about there. You know, do we think that the Gold Coast is having an effect? I think there's there's a
3: whole load of different reasons going on in Brisbane. I mean, uh, they've pumped up the prices dramatically this season, which is madness when you've got a new franchise opening just down the road. Uh, I mean, okay, Gold Coast United tickets are expensive too, but, you know, Roar had a chance to really try and bed in the fans they've got by at least keeping prices the same. Instead, they've almost doubled, I think, maybe even tripled the prices. Uh, I mean, that's just marketing nonsense. I know they've got uh, expensive bills at Suncora to pay, but that's not the way to go about it, I would have you know, You'd have to think that
2: like, 15,000 people at 20 bucks is better than 6,000 people at 30.
3: Absolutely, yeah.
2: In yeah. a number of ways, not yeah. just for the revenue at the time, but the other knock-on revenue from, you know merchandise sales that's right and
3: beer sales and everything else yeah. but you know the uh, I think Gold Coast being down the road is going to make some impact on them but I still only think that's probably only a couple of thousand to be honest
1: so they're not actually playing bad football are they they're probably playing some of the better football that we've seen in the A-League this year it seems quite ironic that they can't get the people in there
4: yeah about that crowd figure I think it's 1500 people that the Gold Coast said when they launched that they, they knew that it was 1500 people that were travelling from the Gold Coast to watch Brisbane so that you know that amount of people and obviously not all of them would necessarily start supporting the Gold Coast but that's why their figures you know might be down slightly
3: and you've also got the three o'clock kick-off which has just yeah. proven to be a complete disaster at yeah. <laughs> this time of year well, I think you Ben know.
2: Buckley came out this evening and said that they've learnt a lot from the scheduling I think the three o'clock kick-off time is silly when you've got amateur games still going on because that is the time when Parents are taking the kids to games or playing themselves, and so I think yeah, it was the worst possible time for three o'clock kickoffs. Was the first three or four? It's it's
3: pretty much a British tradition the three o'clock kickoff anyway, and that doesn't necessarily something that exports very well, and it's not something Australia is used to. Doesn't look like it wants it or needs it. Mm.
1: The next game is one that we all got wrong. Couldn't yeah. see uh couldn't That's see a
2: coupon the Coupon buster isn't it? <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Uh Sean Rooney's only the only goal of the game, saw the Jets beat Gold Coast.
4: I, I was thinking as I was watching it, just before that Rooney goal, I thought one of the Gold Coast's, you know, biggest tasks this season is going to be breaking down teams who, even at home, I'm happy to take a point off them, a bit like the challenges that, you know, Chelsea, Liverpool and Arsenal, and obviously Man U have against the loyalty of the Premiership. And as I was thinking it, you know, Newcastle Jets went up the other end and scored and just made the job a hell of a lot harder. And you could have written what the second half was gonna be like. You knew that they were just gonna cling on for dear life because they were playing a better team than them and, you know, goal into possession and they just couldn't find a way through. But I wouldn't read too much into that result. I mean, it's a good one for, for the Jets, but I think the Gold Coast still showed that they've got enough quality on, on different days when Smeltz and Porter are more in the mood. You know, I thought quality. it was the opposite,
3: to be honest. I thought Gold Coast were made to look incredibly average. That was just such another A-League game. That's the first time I've watched United and thought that. Every other game I've seen of theirs has been spectacular. <laughs> That's such good quality. That one was just another A-League game. They looked like just another A-League team. And uh, I think it's a real warning to Gold Coast.
2: I think the goal was interesting as well for me, looking at, I thought it was the first time, really, that Gold Coast central defenders had come up against someone with with genuine pace. And I thought Rooney for the goal made Van Brink look pretty ordinary with Mm -hmm. that turn. And and I think a lot of the other coaches will look at that and say, right, if we can get one-on-one with their central defenders, you know, when they, with everyone they've played against previously has had you know, a big man up front or someone without that pace. I think that showed that they are susceptible to, to pace through the middle if you can get the ball and and get it to feet. And uh, I thought that I thought the, the commentators were a bit unfair on the on the keeper. I thought it was a great finish, mm. you know, and I have played keeper myself. If someone hits the ball that well with that much pace that high up it's very difficult to get your hand up there so. you,
4: you mentioned Van der Brink and he looks really good in the earlier rounds and he got turned inside out by a number of different players and you know that that might be a bit of a concern it's not so much this result it's how the Gold Coast react if you know they take on Sydney this round if they're back to what we saw from the first three rounds then you know they'll soon forget about this result
3: I think that's the other thing as well with this at the moment with results like this one in Perth Glory it's people not knowing what to make of these new look teams and the new teams themselves and finding a what the weaknesses are and there's a Mm. lot of sort of early boxing match probing hits going in you know just trying to work out exactly where we can hit these guys and Jets found it and the Mm. teams
1: playing now have got four or five yeah to do the homework. video reels now to to try and work out where players strengths and weaknesses are Um, and the last game of the round was Sydney FC against Wellington Phoenix it uh all seemed to happen at the end, hoping you guys, if you watched the last 10 minutes, if you watched any of it. but I hopefully...
2: was out the game. Yeah. And for about 75 minutes, the best thing about the game was that Carlsberg is on tap at the SFS this season. Which I was very happy with <laughs> because it meant that I didn't have to drink VB. But it was, yeah, it was a bit of a cagey game for, for the first 75 minutes. Sydney probably shading it, but yeah, Wellington had their moments. Um, yeah, you know, Eiffel and Greenacre will, you know certainly ask questions on most defences, I think. But, um, yeah, I mean, you, know, you can't complain with, with Sydney's record. when I mean, he's undefeated in 17 games, the top of the league for the first time in a ridiculous amount of time. Season one, apparently.
3: I was, didn't realise it was that long. Um,
2: you know, and two good-headed goals. You know, Brendan Gann, when he came on, certainly um, injected a bit of life in it. And Alois, he um, got his first goal at home for a long time, if ever. It's,
3: yeah. Is yeah. It the first? Oh, I think it might oh, yeah. actually
4: be yeah, yeah. Um, if, if I was being generous to Sydney I'd say that you know both the, the Wellington and the Adelaide wins at home it, it's to get the result in the end and I've watched Sydney in previous seasons especially at home and they're expected to win and the crowd gets on their back and they get frustrated on the pitch and they start you know they get sloppy balls and they're shooting from distance but mm-hmm. they seem to have a more patient approach and as I was watching that game even going into the last 15 I still fancy Sydney to grab a goal and they're not going to you know that's not going to pan out for them every week but if we're talking about a more sort of European feel to how they're playing with you know this new coach that's come in You know, they didn't panic. They had seemed to have a bit of self-belief, and if they keep getting results, I think they'll keep believing that. You know, they can break down teams at home.
2: I think, I think as well that in the two home games, it's been the substitutions that have changed the game. That, That he's gone to the bench at those periods when it's right. What we're doing isn't working. We need to change it slightly. And there's two things. One, I think he's doing it at the right time, and he's been proven right. But he's also got that quality on the bench that can come on and change the game with. Ridge in the first game, Gann in the second game. And I think he's I think he's showing himself as a coach to 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 have the patience but also to spot what the game needs to, to change.
1: Great. That's great stuff, lads. That was uh, week four in review. Time for a break now, but make sure you stay with us as up next, we're going to look forward to the Socceroos
0: versus Korea and look at all the news of the week from our website. Speak to you then. Score a trip to the Hyundai A League Grand Final with QBE Quiz Striker. It's the football quiz for the football know it all. QBE has launched an online football knowledge quiz that will run over the next five months. Complete all five monthly quizzes to the best of your ability and you'll go into the draw to win the major prize. A trip to the Hyundai A-League Grand Final. The winner and a guest will stay in a four-star hotel in the city of the Grand Final with daily buffet breakfast for two before you take your seats at the big game. This prize includes return flights to a maximum of $2,000 if you live outside the state of the Grand Final. Each month, you'll also have the chance to win some great prizes including Hyundai A-League tickets, Greater Union Movie gift cards and QBE insurance vouchers. Visit www.qbequizstriker.com.au or click on the ads on the 442 website
5: The Socceroos have done their bit now it's time to do yours. Enjoy the ultimate 2010 FIFA World Cup experience with the Green and Gold Army on tour in South Africa. Known for their passion and pride in supporting the Socceroos around the globe, the Green and Gold Army's authorised travel packages will take you to the heart of Australia's support in South Africa. The Green and Gold Army's packages include tickets to all three Australian group stage games, tickets to four additional World Cup Group stage games, all transfers to and from games and safe, secure accommodation in Johannesburg. Just a goal kick down the road from the Socceroos base. Head to www.ggarmyontour.com or call 1300 300 756 for more information on Australian football's once-in-a-lifetime experience. But you'd better be quick as numbers are strictly limited and places are going fast
0: the latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider.
1: Hello and welcome back to 442 Insider podcast. We're in this section. We're going to have a look at all the news of the week from au.442.com. But first up, we've got the big game on uh, Saturday night, prime time. Socceroos against Korea. And on our website, we've got a story with uh, the latest squad news and the, I suppose the big story is Harry being dropped in adverted commas. Kevin, let's get you, your, your thoughts on that. He's, he's played um, for Galatasaray uh,
3: midweek wasn't it or something? Yeah I think this is pat- him just being a bit pragmatic in uh, sort of safeguarding his stars and keeping in with the clubs just so there's no danger of him getting... Even more seriously hurt uh, while on national duty, especially for a friendly. Uh, so, yeah, he's dropped uh, Harry Kuhl, Dave Carney, Luke Wiltshire, and Danny Invincibile, mm-hmm. who seems fated never to actually get his uh, cap that he keeps getting called yeah. up into the squad for. That's the second time in a row he's been done in by an injury just before he's uh, supposed to join the squad. Maybe the kit man's got no Vs and he, uh, he was run right out of them with the Duka and he's just... Not enough eyes, yeah, that's exactly. what it is.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, out of those names that were mentioned, Probably Carney would be the most significant missing because he's, you know, he always seems to turn it on for the Socceroos, doesn't he? Well, just
2: look. I mean, looking at who's left, I mean, the left back position is the obvious hole because there's no, uh, there's no Chippers, there's no Carney now. So I, I think Reese Williams play either side. You no, you?
4: Know, is that Uto going to come in at the left? Well, <laughs> well no, he's in. He's in this
3: club. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, so yeah. he will probably play there.
3: He's a guaranteed yeah. start, I would yeah. reckon. Yeah. So. Uh, that's, I think that's the reason he's in the squad, because they were yeah. only using A-League players if they were pretty much guaranteed to be starting. Mm. Mm.
1: Do we know much about Korea? I mean, they, they seem to be...
3: We've played them a shitload of times, actually. I was amazed by how many times we have supposed to have played them, and uh, we've got a good record against them.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, and I think we'll continue to have a good record against them. I don't yeah. see any reason why we, we shouldn't win this one, even if we're away in Seoul. And this is the kind of arrogance that lost us the Asian yeah. Cup.
2: <laughs> oh, if you look at their qualification, you know, they qualified pretty comfortably from the other side of the, the AFC groups, which arguably was significantly stronger than australia side so i think it'd be a good test Mm. um you know australia japan were pretty much head and shoulders on on our side of the draw but over on that side there was some some good teams that missed out you know um so i think it'd be a good test very good test
4: i I think the island friendly is making this even more interesting because played so well and looked you know so good It's going to be far more interesting this friendly i mean International friendlies, you know, can be fairly dull and annoying affairs, especially if you've tried to watch England once over the years when Eriksson um, was in charge. So yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see. I, I don't know you know, huge amounts of that career. I mean, they're ranked third in Asia, aren't they?
1: So that's another good test ahead of the World Cup and continuing to play in Asia. Do we see more of the same from, from Pim in the style that he's playing? I mean, we were talking about maybe having a look at his team, but do we see any shocks or where do we see him maybe changing it up a little bit?
2: I think he's going to play exactly the same formation and what it's about now is seeing who's going to, put their hand up as has been able to fit into that and i think there's some there's some real opportunities for people to step up like particularly at central defense mm. um you know is it going to be Norbo, buranovic breachamps in the squad mark milligan's in the squad um and in that three behind kennedy in the 4-2-3-1 um he's talked about playing mcdonald in that sort of withdrawn in the sort of cahill role um, I think that's going to be really interesting to see if that works because
3: I really have my doubts about it. But it's such an interesting off the wall kind of idea that, yeah, that's a, I yeah. think that could be quite a good fun.
2: And yeah. I'd, I'd like to see Rukovica get a run in the in the left hand side because yeah. he's certainly got the pace. Um, and I think Bresciano will start to give that sort of three a bit of an older head. Um, but certainly it's a great it's a great opportunity for um, for some of the the, the fringe players to. to you yeah, give their credentials another tick.
1: I mean, he's only a friendly, which which is great, because I think that the central defence, the names that you've mentioned, no one really jumps out at me as someone who's who can, you know, lead the team from the back. I mean, Jake North was the only other central defender that wasn't mentioned, but, yeah. but none of them really, you know, like you've got Craig Moore or Lucas Neal. It's... Uh, you know, none, none of them really stick out in the, in the mind
3: yeah it does need somebody to take control of the back there And the, yeah you're right there's nobody there that looks like they're going um, Narbo I always worry about but I mean he's, he, he's 28, 29 now I keep thinking of him as being yeah. a young 22, 23 year old but he's off the age where he should be one taking control but you just don't see it happening do you?
1: Yeah. Uh, and uh, who, who do we see as uh, winning this one predictions boys I'm going
3: to draw. No, I'm going to go board draw. Uh, No, I reckon reckon, uh, Sydney... (laughs) That's true, we can get it. 1-0,
1: 2-1. So great stuff on that game, lads. And moving on to some of the uh, news on the website, the first big story there is uh, Ernie Merrick coming out and saying that some of the job discussions of his uh, job security and the contract coming up... um, won't affect him in how he, uh, he coaches for the rest of the season his contract's up in February do you think it's just a little bit of uh, mischievousness by writers trying to uh, unsettle things even more or yeah as pesky
2: journalists say eh? right.
3: asking questions oh dear me <laughs> I
2: think I think it's fair speculation i think if his contract wasn't up in february i think it would be a bit of a moot point but i think it's a legitimate question when a coach is you know when they're they're in their final season question is also you know does only Merrick see it as a challenge to carry on with melbourne yeah, you know, maybe he'll look for something different.
4: And I think he's got the safest job in the A League, isn't he? I've, they've stuck with him before, but you, you wonder if um, you know Victory had a, had another big season, another good season like l- last year. If, if from his point of view, he might think, "Oh, my contract's up. He could probably get a better gig." in Asia Um, so I reckon you know if things go well he'll be off
1: one thing I always find strange and they do it in in a few other sports as well um, is have the, the groom people for the job before the job becomes available and I just think it you know, it just creates more problems than than it should. Because again, you know, people like us start asking the questions, and Kevin Muskett's hanging in the wings now, and and it's already been said that he's going to move into a coaching role within the team. Uh, do we like that in in football? Do, do,
3: do you think it causes problems, Kev? Well, I think you know, with um, Melbourne victory, they they do as we talked about before. They do like stability, um, and they stuck with Merrick. <laughs> When they, came the, when they were the worst team in Australia, they stuck with them after you know, winning the championship and then promptly failing badly the following season. Um, so, you know, they stick with them through thick and thin. I don't see that changing at all. Uh, and as such, if they can then line up a successor for them with a planned progression, uh, then it's certainly in keeping with what they're trying to do at Victory. So I can understand them doing it, whether it's a good thing or not. Well, I don't see any bad signs to it. Uh, but, you know, change is going to come. They've already said that change is going to come. Uh, so that if things do feel as if they're getting stale, they can implement that change. Uh, and it's no huge surprise. The players know where they stand. The coaches know where they stand. It's It's a good idea in principle. And I think they're the best team to exploit it. I think that
4: replacement thing works if it's a, you know, a player retiring or it's a young manager coming through. But I think that we had problems at West Ham once when we had Billy Bonds in charge and Harry Redknapp was coming through and the players had more respect for Harry and you could kind of tell it was going that way and in the end sort of Billy Bonds kind of got sacked and Harry come through. It's because they were at a similar age and at a similar level. That doesn't kind of work, but Kevin Musker's you know, going into management so grooming
1: him from, from that point of view is fine, I think. Yeah. Moving on, another story coming out of the UK was um, a a possible move uh, for Scott Macdonald, moving from Celtic to the Premier League and and to Wigan. It didn't take... Place before the transfer deadline, shut the door,
3: slammed shut. But um, I'm not sure how much chance there ever was of it actually happening. To be honest, Willie McKay was the agent actually involved trying to broker the deal. Who's not McDonald's agent? Right. Uh, this was a guy just trying to matchmake uh, player and club and yep. earn a quid out of it, as Willie McKay likes to do. Um, whether there would be any benefit at all for Macdonald to move to a club that's really going to struggle to stay in the, the Premier League this year is debatable, to be honest. The only reason that Celtic might be an interest in it is because Scottish Premier League clubs have got no money yeah. uh, and there would have been a fee involved. It would have taken his wages off their bill. They've got a surplus of strikers at the moment. Uh, but the overall cost to their campaign would have been too great, I think, and that's why there was never really any chance of it actually happening.
1: It strikes me that McDonald needs a team that fits around how he plays and, and why, why leave Celtic, which which kind of helps him and plays to his strengths and, and move somewhere where uh, possibly that wouldn't be the case.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess if, he's, if he is going to move to the Premier League and he wants to try his hand at the Premier League, then realistically he's not going to be moving to one of the top six or seven teams. So he's going to be a team in that sort of can. Blackburn type mould that is going to look at him. Um, The question is, is that that's not going to give him Champions League football, which he gets a shot at pretty much every season at Celtic, um, whether they take advantage of it or not, like this season. Um, But he's still playing that. But the question is, is that is he playing at the highest level that he possibly can every week with Celtic? and, And it's probably not, you know, so I think that every footballer would want to try and go and try the hand at the Premier League for a number of reasons. One, obviously, financial. Um, although I think he's, he's pretty well paid at Celtic, haven't he?
3: I think, yeah, yeah. he would be one of the top earners, certainly. But I think also, if you look at the, the story we ran, his agent was warning that, uh, you know, this wasn't the time, this wasn't the play of the team, but come January, we may be looking at a move. And I think rather than actually looking at a move, what that message was to Celtic was, we want another new contract. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we want to stay here and we want more money. I'm surprised he
2: hasn't been linked with Villa because every Celtic player that was <laughs> that had even watched a Celtic game when Martin O'Neill there was there is was, was normally linked with Villa at some stage. Yeah,
3: he was post Martin O'Neill the era, of course. Though. Yeah. And Trev, do you see, do, would you see someone
1: like McDonald making an impact in in the Premier League? I kind of see him as a bit of a Kevin Phillips type person. That you know he he, he might be just a little bit above. You know he's his wage packet or however mm. you want to say he, he would be a good uh, you know first division player or Scottish obviously what he's doing in Scotland but maybe Premier League he, he might sort of fall back into the pack
4: yeah I mean, I'd be fascinated to see him go to the Premier I'd want the move to happen just so we can kind of test you know you know what he's capable of doing and what the stand might be at Celtic compared but I think the most interesting point is that he's got Champions League football uh, Selwick, you know, he played against Man U and scored a cracking goal against Man U last season. And that's what a lot of players want to do. Nothing would appeal to me about going to play for Wigan. And, you know, do you want to be part of a, a relegation scrap, probably? Or do you want to be playing against Man U? Um, it's a no-brainer, really. So I, I think he's, he's better off sticking
1: there. Great stuff. Going to the top news on our website this week. That's all we've got time for in this section, but join us after the break as we'll be playing a little bit of a most significant.
0: Score a trip to the Hyundai A-League Grand Final with QBE Quiz Striker. It's the football quiz for the football know-it-all. QBE has launched an online football knowledge quiz that will run over the next five months. Complete all five monthly quizzes to the best of your ability and you'll go into the draw to win the major prize, a trip to the Hyundai A-League Grand Final. The winner and a guest will stay in a four-star hotel in the city of the Grand Final with daily buffet breakfast for two before you take your seats at the big game, this prize includes return flights to a maximum of two thousand dollars if you live outside the state of the grand final. Each month, you'll also have the chance to win some great prizes, including Hyundai A League tickets, Greater Union movie gift cards, and QBE insurance vouchers. Visit www.qbequizstriker.com.au or click on the ads on the 442 website. The
5: Socceroos have done their bit. Now it's time to do yours. Enjoy the ultimate 2010 FIFA World Cup experience with the Green and Gold Army on tour in South Africa. Known for their passion and pride in supporting the Socceroos around the globe, the Green and Gold Army's authorised travel packages will take you to the heart of Australia's support in South Africa. The Green and Gold Army's packages include tickets to all three Australian group stage games, tickets to four additional World Cup group stage games, all transfers to and from games, and safe, secure accommodation in Johannesburg. Just a goal kick down the road from the Socceroos base. Head to www.ggarmyontour.com or call 1300 300 756 for more information on Australian football's once-in-a-lifetime experience. But you'd better be quick as numbers are strictly limited and places are going fast.
0: Back to 442 Insider.
1: Welcome back to the 442 Insider Podcast. We're into the second half now. And uh, at the mention of uh, one of our regular podcast listeners, Mr. Damien Hall, Hall of Shame, as he's uh, known, asked if we could do a bit of uh, most significant on this podcast so big shout out to him keep on really? downloading yeah you do, you have you made download. that bloke person up no 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 he's a real person he's actually someone that listens um, and yeah, gets in touch and got in touch Yeah, to email. well he didn't get in touch he was at my son's birthday party on the weekend oh okay so he knows me
2: yeah he's yeah. a bit of a stalker so, I think he's so stalker. our audience is still It's treated to <laughs> family <of> and friends family <laughs> and friends yeah but no, you know. my family doesn't listen to this <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, yeah, I, I sometimes wonder if he's a real person as well. But, um, we need no. to get
2: someone on, really, with Ted brothers. We, so. we should, shouldn't
1: we? But we're going to play more, signi- more significant, and uh, the boys know the rules. I give uh, two possibilities, and the lads tell us which one they think is more significant. First up, more significant, Gold Coast's first loss or North Queensland's first point? Andy.
2: Um, I am going to go Gold Coast first loss, because I mean, think he gets all that crap about undefeated season out of the way finally, and everyone can realise that they are beatable, they're just another team, and we can all get on with thinking that any team can win this league.
3: Uh- for devil's advocate's sake I'm going to take North Queensland's first point because I think it showed that we've all written them off unfairly probably Uh, they were absolutely shocking in pre-season they were dreadful they were pretty poor against Gold Coast United but they've Fergie's done a great job in turning him around I think actually he's managed to find the nucleus of a good side and it's still you know it's not going to win the championship but it might just claw its way off the bottom uh, and you know battling display three goals against Adelaide United away from home not many other teams have actually done that in the league mm. I'm going
4: to go North Queensland as well I think you know to go to to Adelaide and you know score three goals and night it's disappointing not to get the win but you know that's a team that played Asian Champions League final last season you know that would be a real boost and people were writing them off too early you know certain media outlet on their Tuesday night program was you know calling for the FFA to go in and help North Queensland Fury out what three games into the season you know it's ridiculous give them time to gel you know they haven't got the Gold Coast players you know and I really hope they pick up some results just to shut some people up really
1: thanks for that Kevin more significant The extra teams and what
3: they bring, or the disappointing crowds? Oh, the extra teams, with that doubt. It's added such an extra dimension to the the A-League. Last season, I was virtually slashing my wrist in October. I was so bored with the A-League. Seven teams that I'd seen over and over again, playing each other out, plus Wellington Phoenix. And it was just diabolical. I hated it. And then this year, I've never been so excited about a football season since well before 2008. Gold Coast United I really wanted to see play North Queens and Fury I wanted to not see go down in flames Uh, and yeah it's just added such a huge element to it I'm so excited and enjoying it so much more this season than I have done for a long time
4: Trev? Yeah, I mean, I'd agree with that. I was genuinely excited about, you know, the A-League and seeing the new teams and watching more A-League football than, you know, ever before. And then we've got, you know, more new teams to come in, so we'll get, you know, more excitement again. And a lot said about the crowds. I mean, the two most common things here is disappointing crowds and stop playing the long pool game. It gets a little bit tiresome after a while. Um, let's look at the positives and the two teams that have come in.
2: Andy? Um... Uh, I'll, I'll go the other way. I'll say the disappointing crowds because for the, for the two new teams coming in, higher standard of football, I think it's a concern that more people aren't turning up Yeah, And I think it, it is a concern. Um, but, I and, mean, you've got three
3: o'clock kickoffs. You've got
2: yeah, no, competing codes. Off, but let's hope that in a month's time that, that the, I, I just don't see this this wave of people that are going to come running to every grand in in two or three weeks' time. I hope I'm wrong, but but I am concerned about it. So I'd I'd say that's more significant. With everything else that's on offer, better products, new teams, I'm disappointed.
3: So where do you think all the other crowds that were there last year have gone? I don't know. I think there is the other crowds.
2: Mm. Maybe, they were, maybe they were in the same boat as you were with what they saw last Absolutely, season. Yeah. And it's going to take longer than one season to get them back. Yeah.
3: You know? Yeah. Uh, well, I think it's something going to take longer than the first round of games yeah. to get them back. I think we're, we're panicking too early. If we're still at this level of crowds, round 13, round 14, then we put our panic hats on and start running around like headless jukes
1: I'll have to find out where my panic hat is actually that's a good point <laughs> um, moving on Trevor Melbourne without Carlos Hernandez or Gold Coast without Jason Kalina this week mm, that's an interesting one isn't it because thank of, you yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: nice one um,
4: that's
1: better than the other ones but
4: uh, I'm going to say Hernandez actually I, I know Gold Coast based you know a lot around Kalina but I'd still be worried about Smeltz and Port even without Kalina linking up and um, you know Melbourne need to need to get some results and um, you know, Hernandez is so important to, to linking up to you know, Allsock and, and Thompson up front. So yeah, Carlos. lost.
2: Andy? Uh yeah, I think I'd agree with that. Um I think Gold Coast have got Robson coming back. Is that right? yeah, that's all right, this fine. week. Yeah. So I think he'll slot into that role. Um I think they'll definitely miss Kalina, but I agree that there's enough quality all around him. I think Hernandez He's probably irreplaceable Melbourne don't really have anyone else that plays is it Nick, oh, Ward, Nick Ward is Nick me. Ward will slot in there yeah I don't Nick think. Ward
3: was a great player three years ago he's, he's <laughs> and you see he's him gone. still <laughs> can do it sometimes when he can be bothered
2: yeah well you will get a chance so we'll see
3: Um, what do you think both of of them actually because it's going to really stuff my fantasy football team up (laughs) Uh, but yeah no I think uh, Melbourne will survive relatively easily without Carlos Hernandez although having said that you know he's clearly the star of their side these days much more than uh, Archie Thompson Mm. and how Archie Thompson's still hanging on to that marquee status is uh, a bit of a question mark for next season at least
2: interestingly enough though on that there was a game last season when there was an injury early on and Merrick was forced into playing Archie Thompson behind the strikers, I remember. And he played Fabiano and Oldsop and Archie Thompson behind. And it worked a treat. Yeah. So, if I was him, I'd be tempted to give him give him a try in that role. I'd yeah, yeah, I make mean, Fabiano up front because Archer, I, I was surprised, second. but it he, he, he really did work. And I mean, he, he does look for those balls, gets it down, and the little one twos on the edge of the box. And he side. just runs
3: and runs and runs all mm. day, Archie. It's amazing. Yeah. And
2: he never complains. Yeah. He I actually. It was it against, but it was an enforced substitution in the, in the first half, and it just worked an absolute treat for him. So.
1: Well, maybe our one listener, Damien Hall, can get yeah. in touch with us
3: and let us yeah. know what that was. <laughs> Email us,
1: Damien. <laughs> Andy, more significant. David Carney finding a team, or Lucas Neal still not with one?
2: Ah, uh, it can't be Lucas Neal still not with one. He's soccer is captain in a World Cup year, and he's not playing football. <coughs> you know, he's unemployed. It's ridiculous. So that, you know, you know, part of me can see what what game he's played this week in that they've let the transfer window play out. Clubs will have been either successful or unsuccessful in the players they were looking to bring in and people are now more desperate and in a market that's now closed he's a free agent so can sign so I can see why he's doing it letting the, letting the transfer in play out. but he needs to find a club this week you know he needs to be playing next weekend in the Premier League you know after this international break.
3: It's a gamble, though, of what you know, you're know. saying Lucas is doing, and yeah, I see the point as well with doing that. But by the same token, squads will be finalised now. Mm. You know, There's a lot of teams there that will say, right, this is what we've got, this is what we need. That's, uh, we don't need a right bag. And it's also a double-edged sword when it comes to negotiations because, yeah, OK, clubs might need a right bag, they discover. Uh, but by the same token, they you know that Lucas Neal needs a club yeah. <laughs> and he needs to get playing quickly for the the World Cup. Uh, but having said that, I still say that uh, his Dutch side is much more important. I think Lucas will find a team. He'll find it the next month probably Uh, and he'll be hunky-dory and it won't affect his World Cup prospects Carney staying with Sheffield United would have been an absolute disaster for him Uh, I mean the week before he uh, moved to uh, 20 um, he was deliberately left out of the squad and Kevin Blackwell went into a match against I think it was Reading one sub short Rather than give Carney any chance of game time. I mean, that is just so petty and vindictive, it's unbelievable.
2: And do we know what actually happened? Do we know the story behind it? Yeah. Why it's so.
3: Allegedly, David enjoyed a drink or two on the way back from a Socceroos match, sat next to a journalist on the plane, and mouthed off about how Kevin Blackwell was such an awful manager. Ah, um, uh, so it
2: goes back to that story. Yeah. Oh, okay.
4: I'm, I'm going to say Carney because um, I think he could be an important player in South Africa next year. Um, and I think it's important that he has a big year. He's a good squad player to have. I think Chippers is probably going to play left back for us in South Africa, but he's versatile and you'll always get versatile players in, in World Cup squads. So, yeah, him, him finding a team, and I think more than playing in that team and not just being on the
1: fringes and, you know, having to find an, another lone move or, you know, not playing enough football to go to the World Cup. Great stuff. And last question goes to Kev. More significant, Matthew Spiranovic or Nikita Rukovitzia getting a full game in one of the next two friendlies?
3: I'd like to see Spiranovic getting a full, full uh, ninety minutes under his belt. I think he has, he, from what I've seen so far, he's shown huge potential uh, as a potential uh, a socceru and uh, mainstay of our defence for you know next couple of years, a couple of decades almost. Um, he's got a lot of uh, skill uh, in that position, but we've not had the chance to really properly assess it uh, Rukovic uh, we know is a great fast young striker uh, and yeah he's. I think he's going to be important to come off the bench to give us some extra towards the end of a match when defenders are tiring uh, but Spiro full 90 minutes would be great and can we also get the names changed to something more Anglo Australian because it's very difficult to fit in a headline <laughs> <laughs> um,
4: sure. um, yeah I agree with that I, th- I think Rukovic uh, um is kind of you know getting game time to get a place in the squad, but Speranovic has got a chance to to get a regular spot next to um, you know Lucas Neal hopefully in in the heart of the defence. So you know him him staying fit and playing well, you know the potential to to be playing in a World Cup, starting in a World Cup next year. Final say
2: goes to Jacko. Yeah, I'd agree, Speranovic definitely. It's the I think it's a position that. As we said, said earlier, no-one's really stepping up as the sort of sole candidate to, to be first-choice centre-back, and I think he definitely has the potential. So I think, Ian, let's get him playing. Great stuff, lads. That was uh, more
1: significant for another week. That's all the time we got for this section, but join us after the break as we'll be previewing Round 5 of the Hyundai A-League and looking at some of the big World
0: Cup qualifiers coming up over the next week. Join us then. Score a trip to the Hyundai A-League Grand Final with QBE Quiz Striker. It's the football quiz for the football know-it-all. QBE has launched an online football knowledge quiz that will run over the next five months. Complete all five monthly quizzes to the best of your ability and you'll go into the draw to win the major prize a trip to the Hyundai A-League Grand Final. The winner and a guest will stay in a four-star hotel in the city of the Grand Final with daily buffet breakfast for two before you take your seats at the big game. This prize includes return flights to a maximum of $2,000 if you live outside the state of the Grand Final. Each month you'll also have the chance to win some great prizes including Hyundai A-League tickets greater union movie gift cards and qbe insurance vouchers visit www.qbequizstriker.com.au or click on the ads on the 442 website
5: the Socceroos have done their bit, now it's time to do yours. Enjoy the ultimate 2010 FIFA World Cup experience with the Green and Gold Army on tour in South Africa. Known for their passion and pride in supporting the Socceroos around the globe, the Green and Gold Army's authorised travel packages will take you to the heart of Australia's support in South Africa. The Green and Gold Army's packages include tickets to all three Australian group stage games, tickets to four additional World Cup group stage games all transfers to and from games and safe secure accommodation in johannesburg just a goal kick down the road from the socceroos base head to www.ggarmyontour.com or call 1300 300 756 for more information on australian football's once in a lifetime experience but you'd better be quick as numbers are strictly limited and places are going fast The latest on the world game.
0: This is 442 Insider.
1: Hi, and welcome back to the 442 Insider podcast. And we're into the last segment now. We've all had a rub down and ready for the final part. always get that look from Andy when I say that. Um, We're going to look at A-League Round 5 now. There's 54 goals in 20 games so far, so we'll be hoping for a few more going in. First up is uh, tonight, actually, 3rd of September. Melbourne victory against Newcastle Jets. Melbourne have only won three times in the 12 games they've played against the Jets, which is rather surprising. How do we see this one panning out?
2: Um, Melbourne need a win, definitely, I think. Um, They're another one whose crowds have been a little bit down season on season Kev's laughing so I thought the crowd's up again but, um, but I'm not sure the Thursday night thing's working in Melbourne either no. um, and having two of their first three home games on the first night doesn't really help them but I think uh, yeah I think they need to win I think Jets will be um, Boyd boy winning against Gold Coast I think Branco will go there and be I think he would be pretty conservative to start with and then if there's a chance to win it I think he will um, Melbourne just need to um, to get up and and Thompson firing, which they haven't really done this season yet, so.
3: I'm, I was really looking forward to this but unfortunately Kevin Muskett's not playing and Lubo is uh, so that would have been the showdown to really set the A-League alight I think there would have been a lot of old scores being settled there but as it is I think Branko is uh, trying to make a name for himself and establish himself and redeem himself after what happened at Sydney uh, and just prove that Sydney were idiots to let him go which is what we all thought at the time anyway
2: Will Muscat be on the bench in his coaching capacity because as we've seen a few times at Elstradale uh, the, the, there's, the, there's been a few bench <laughs> player <laughs> <laughs> so just because he's not on the pitch doesn't mean it won't happen
3: absolutely yeah no could be, there could be plenty of fireworks there I think there's lots going to gonna be there to enjoy um, as far as the results concerned I can see this probably going to a 1-1 draw myself and where's the
1: smart money Trev You're putting on your betting hat
4: I don't know about the smart money my money would probably yeah. um, go Melbourne just you know Because it's Melbourne at home, you'd expect them to win. But the Jets, a bit of a surprise package, third in the league, which I don't think um, many of us expected after the wooden spoon last season. But they're playing to their strengths and they've always got a bit of a crazy gang thing going on. Um, And I think they'll relish, you know, going to to, to Melbourne on a Thursday night. And um, yeah, I mean, you would suspect Melbourne, but I don't think it'd be a massive surprise if the result went anyway at the moment. And just remember, you owe me that 20 bucks for Tottenham beat West Ham. because
1: I don't know. I'm, talking
4: about but, money. So. But I won 120 because I had Tottenham and Man U in a double, so <laughs> <laughs> it
1: works out. I? All right, so I'll speak to you about that after. Yeah. Uh, Friday, tomorrow, a double header. First up is Wellington Phoenix against Adelaide over the ditch. Should be a pretty good game. Your your friend Chris Greenacre, your your stalker. I yeah, uh, our Chris. Um, I fancy Wellington to, to win this
4: one. For the you know they're looking all right at home. Eiffel's looking good. Obviously Chris Greenacre, one of the the league's finest ever players. Um, he'll be looking for a goal as well. I mean Adelaide. I was just looking at the, the players that they're missing: um, Casio, Jamison, Sarkees, Dodd, Barbiero, and obviously Cornthwaite. Um, that's a lot of players missing from that team. And mm. um, even Vidmar come out and. Said, we were lucky with injuries last season that's how we managed to do so well uh, if they start getting you know, more injuries like that they're going to struggle trip away no definitely
1: Wellington win
2: Agree with that boys? Or I think so yeah I think, I think Wellington have got a really good chance um, I like Wellington I like the way they play I like the club I like the fans I think they deserve to be successful I'd love to see them make the finals this year
3: yeah, I agree with that completely. I think uh, you know the signing of Greenacre and Eiffel's really made a huge difference to the team. I didn't fancy them at all before those two joined. Seen them in action, I think they can go a long way this season. Uh, and Adelaide, it says here, have uh, never been beaten by Wellington. Mm. Looks like could well change this weekend.
1: In the next game. Central Coast Mariners against Perth Glory which on the face of it doesn't look uh, anything special but the game being played down in Canberra the first time the a- Le- an A-League game being played in the nation's capital so from that point of view on its own should be a, a good spectacle and uh, you know Perth playing well and Central Coast should be a, a decent matchup for the fans down there
3: It's uh, added significance as well seeing as uh, Western Sydney bids now dropped out or the leading Western Sydney bids dropped out of the race to be the 12th franchise which puts Canberra in the pretty much in the driving seat uh, so they'll be uh, very much keen to get a huge turnout uh, to oh, see match
2: this match a Flanagan's email will be running hot <laughs> at the moment <laughs> <so> <laughs> like, <laughs> get everyone there Let's get capital punishment
3: everywhere um, so yeah it's, it's hopefully it should be a good atmosphere there uh, for which something locally is a nothing match Uh yeah, would hope to see 10, maybe 12,000 even turning out for that. Uh, as far as what's actually going to happen is concerned, it's going to be an interesting battle, but I suspect it's probably going to be a bit of a grinder. Uh, I think it'll be two sides trying to, to break each other down. Mariners will be trying to hold firm. Perth Glory will be trying to break them down. And I can see a midfield tussle that possibly sends us all to sleep. Mm. I'm not really selling it's it, am I? Not no. been,
2: <laughs> there's not been many draws this season so far compared with other seasons, because I remember last. Last season, there were, in, in the first sort of four or five rounds, there, there was, we won a lot of money on, back in all four games to be draws. And there's not been a lot, but you look down this fixture list today and you look at that and you could say that all of those games conceivably could end up draws. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think that's where my money might be as a little bit of an outside bet. I'm interested. I'm in. Five-game multi. <laughs> all games
4: being draws. Um, it'd be interesting to see if Perth can, can get some of their form um, away from home going. Um, you know, they're looking good at home than a different team away, like
1: I was saying earlier. Um, I think this one would be a draw. one or. Great stuff. Moving on to, to Saturday. Not 3pm kickoff in sight for, for Saturday. We've got Gold Coast United against Sydney FC. Probably the, the plum Round or pick of the round?
2: Yeah, one v two. It's a shame that Kalina isn't playing because um, it would have been good to have seen both sides at full strength. Um, not sure on the Sydney injury situation. Kev, okay, you've been. Otherwise, he's uh, still in
3: Duchs, yeah. and um,
2: yeah, there's another one in Duchs. McFlynn.
3: McFlynn's definitely
2: out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I think, I, I think it should be a good game. I think Sydney, Sydney have probably got the wherewithal to cope with the with what the Gold Coast. I like Keller at the back I think has been has been a good addition to the Sydney squad. Colossimo has been having a fantastic season to start with at centre back. So I think they, they potentially could cope with um, with the Schmelz Porter threat and without Kalina behind. I think again up front I think Brosk has, has had a really good start to the season playing in that sort of left supporting striker role but he's been given a bit more freedom than I think he was under Cosmina. Um, and Kofi Dallin on the right so I, I, I think it'll be a cracker. Having said that, it'll probably be nil-nil, man. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I agree. I think it should be a great match. It's, uh, it's one of them, one of those ones eagerly anticipated, as they say. Um, Sydney. I went up to Gosford to watch them a couple of weeks ago, and it was just after having talked them up the week before and saying it was like watching Arsenal it was dreadful they were just hoofing it up the front it was like Sydney of old they redeemed themselves a bit last weekend but you know the jury's still out for me with them Uh, I'm still not convinced the the radical European Velvet Revolution has actually taken place I think it might just be a lot of hype. This will be the big test. Mm-hmm. Uh, and without Kalina there, it's another big test for Gold Coast United as well, because it really will show whether they do have the tre- uh, strength and depth that uh, everybody says they do. But again, could be Emperor's new clothes.
1: Trev, do you see Sydney maybe attacking? We, we talked about the pace, losing pace against the the back line of Gold Coast you think Danning can get in behind them and uh, possibly ben- Brendan Gann yeah I mean you know, they've, they've got the players to do that they can do some damage I don't think many teams
4: are going to be going to the Gold Coast and, and trying to attack but this is a really good chance for Sydney like I say you know Kalina away I think almost levels levels it out slightly I think it'll be an even closer game I think with Kalina I'd be fancying the Gold Coast to win there um, I, I think it'll be um, I think it'll be a score draw so it definitely draws like you're saying to all
2: it it'd be interesting as well to see who he replaces McFlynn with because the player again. the player that's just dropped off the radar it seems is Mishalek I was, was going to say that you know, mean, he's just not even figured he's not on the though. bench and, and you know I I, I like the look of Mishalek I thought he was he, he was a great player in that hold of I McFlynn have to say you know if the,
3: the three that they signed at the same time Aloisi uh, McCullum Bridge, Bridge and, and, and yeah. uh, Mishalek Mishalek was one that I actually was the most impressed with mm. and he's just gone off the radar completely Uh, I don't know what what the story is there at all I don't know if there's an issue or whatever but hopefully this will be his chance to get back in the team and and get a game and show what he's capable of maybe we'll Mm. see Disco
1: Stewart the last game on Saturday 7pm North Queensland Fury against Brisbane Raw uh, another Queensland derby Mm -hmm. but um, can't be any worse than Brisbane's game last week how do you see this one going Trev I
4: think Fury are going to win their first game I'm going to go out on a limb and, and say, you know, Brisbane have been, you know, playing all right, and they, you know, they've looked good like they always do um, away from home. But I, I think um, Fury might be getting a bit of momentum. And a Derby, they'll be up for this, and I think they're going to edge it. I think these two are probably about to disagree with me, but that's what I'm going to go for.
3: I have to say, it's probably unlikely to be honest. I, I, I can see it ending in a draw more than anything else. Um, it depends. I mean, like I say, as I was saying before, Fergie's—you know—discovered the nucleus of a good side in there, but I. I think he's still been underplaying his, his young stars. He's got some real talent there and Fred uh, Aegeus and uh, Dave Williams. Uh, and they've not been getting as much game time up to now that I'd hoped they would be. Uh, if they get a game, then yeah, I can see them possibly getting past Roar, but Roar a very strong side. I mean, the crowd's been shocking, but the game, their actual uh, abilities isn't. They've got talent there. They can yeah. win this. And
1: Andy, the, probably the big news for uh, Brisbane is the loss of Matt Mackay. You know, kind of flies under the radar in the sense of, you know, he's not the flashiest of players, but he's very significant
2: to the way that that team plays. Isn't yeah, it? he does a lot of work, covers a lot of ground, breaks up a lot of play. I think we talked about, you know, last week, I think it was, with North Queensland, and I agree with Kev. You know, they, they, they've got some, they have got some quality going forward, but it relies on, on Ian Ferguson playing... An attacking lineup and i think when they got joy against adelaide was when he when he did throw the kitchen sink at it and he had just Dahl on Fowler was still on and then they start all of a sudden the, the game opened up for him and, I, and i'd like to see him be really positive at home on on saturday and go right we're going to go out with three or four attacking players and we're going to try and win the game because they caused Adelaide a lot of trouble when, when they did that, particularly ages out wide. Um, so I, I hope he sticks with that. I hope he doesn't go back to the sort of cautious style. we've got a point, let's try and build on that. I'd say, let's just go for the win. You know, what have you got to lose?
4: I think on that Matt McKay uh, Matt McKay point, it's so much worse because they've got Massimo Modoka out as well and there was a lot of pressure on
1: him to perform and, and two players like that out. Um, could, could be a problem. Well, look, guys, hoping for a goal-tastic week of action in round five of the A League. Before we go, Trevor's got a few people to uh, thank from an, an event that we held this weekend, this week.
4: Yeah, we we did the first of our um, our focus groups, getting some guys in, telling us exactly what they think of us. Um, so um, you, you walked out in tears in that one, didn't you? Yeah. They didn't like my stuff, apparently, but forget them. Um, but <laughs> thank you to um, Matthew, Chris, Emil, Dan, Greg, Con, and Thomas. I love Cristiano Ronaldo Kelly um, he did. For, um, for coming in and helping us out on that.
1: So good, yeah. Thanks very much to the guys. And I understand that you've you've been you've been seeing other pods, Paul. Is that true? Uh, well, I, I I will be. I will be flirting with another pod uh, next week. Uh, our friends at thefootballpub.com, an American football podcast and when I say football I say soccer no it's uh, soccer ball and uh, yeah they've kindly invited me on to be a guest apparently I have a lot of Australian listeners so um, more than we've got (laughs) probably (laughs) if they've got two yeah Um, so yeah I'm going to be travesty is be be going on there and uh, having a chat with the guys on uh, thefootballpub.com so give them a listen next week and you can uh, mock me on two pods next week uh, excellent but as I said thank you very much As I said, that's all we've got time for uh, in this issue of the 442 Insider podcast. Don't forget you can listen to us on the interpipe at au.442.com or subscribe to us on iTunes So tell your friends and uh, let's double our listeners for next next week. Thanks for listening and don't forget to check in with us next week.
0: 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.